Welcome to Intellicast. It is season four. Is this season four? No. Season three, isn't it? No, it is four. Yeah. Off to a good start. My God. It's it's a day. Man. Um, Welcome to Intellicast. And, you know, before we get to the intros, joining me today is producer Brian. Hello, Brian. Hello. Jason Ender, he's joining today for, I don't know, the fifth or sixth, seventh time. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me back. I don't know what kind of show you guys are running here, not knowing what season you're on, but I'm happy to be here. I'll tell you that much. Nice. I'm looking at my screen. It says September, or it says season four, episode 11. I'll, I'll get this show back on the road. Yeah, I barely know what day it is, so. This episode is brought to you by EMI. You can reach at EMI underscore research on Twitter and telecast one on Twitter. You can call and leave us a voicemail or text us. We'd love to hear from you at 513-401-5463. Jason, I'm glad you're joining. There's some news to talk about. Um, so I'd love to kind of go back and forth on what's going on in research. Brian, before we get into that, um, is it? Uh, we were talking about this off the air. Is it safe to say Jason? we can call Jason now a contributor to the podcast? I think you can put that in LinkedIn. I'm not sure about his resume. Yeah. I feel like that I I am moving in the right direction in life. (laughs) I mean, I didn't put pot. I didn't put in telecast producer on my LinkedIn for like two years. Yeah. Well, yeah, it took us two years to really be proud enough to put it on our, on anything associated with ourselves. Yeah. All right. You ready to jump in? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, Let's kick off with the current events. And with that, there was an RFL video done by Lisa Wilding Brown. Brian, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, to set this up, um, Lisa Wilding Brown went on the Bob Letterer podcast and basically to address an article that I think was on Green Book last year from Gray Matter, kind of like talking about poor quality in research. And she came in hot. And she was defending research, very well done, and it created just a lot of hubbub online. If you are connected with Lisa Wilding Brown, I recommend going to her um, LinkedIn profile, and there's a nice conversation with a lot of thought leaders and a lot of back and forth about uh, basically around quality and research. And um, that's that's the setup. Um, did you have a chance to read that one, Brian or Jason? Yeah, I did. I I, um, I went through. Uh, obviously the video itself and sort of going through that. I mean, the fun part, like you, I think you were kind of alluding to is there is, is the comments, right? Yes. Getting into uh, some of the, some of the thought leaders in the industry, you know, I, I think Bob, I mean, given her a, a kind of a forum to discuss, go, you know, what goes into quality makes sense. I think the, some of the pieces that were touched on were, were super relevant and, and, you know, um, I thought it was well done overall. I thought great topics covered, some sound recommendations that came out of it. So nothing, you know, no harm, no foul there. I, I will say um, this video itself, when I went on and watched it on YouTube really made me think back to my first experience in, you know, attending a a market research conference. (laughs) I'm going to age myself a little bit here, but yeah, it was Casro and Phoenix, and it was either 2010 or 2011, sometime, some, somewhere right around there. And I happened to be in the right place at the right time and set in on a session about 
you know, what, what we as re- research organizations were doing to really create the best environment that we possibly could for respondents and how we need to collaborate to make sure that this, you know, laundry list, for lack of better terms, of best practices would, would really become common, you know, commonplace throughout the industry. And I left that session. Um, it honestly, it felt like a, like a halftime speech on, on Friday Night Lights or, or Hoosiers, if you can, if you remember those movies, obviously minus Billy Bob Thornton and Gene Hackman, but I was amped up. And the sad piece is that I feel like the, the collaboration part for me, it just never happened. And, 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 you know, you disregard completely everything that was said about taking care of like respondents. As I quickly found out that that was the, you know, the least of everybody's concerns, you know, driving CPIs down and (laughs) paying people six cents for spending 35 minutes in a study was the, was the overarching goal. And, and, you know, that makes total sense, but you know, I, I don't know. I just I, f- I feel like I can go on and on for days about this, but the lack of collaboration to get back to it is it's the piece that, in my opinion, holds us back the most. And you know we're willing to spend all the time in the world thinking about ways we can edge out competition or grow quarterly returns, but you know going beyond a thirty-minute session at a conference talking about collaboration might as well be against the law. So that that it just it just made me reflect on times and you know how far we have to go, um, you know, in that space in, in general. I, don't know, I feel like that was aggressive and I was on a soapbox there. Sorry. No, that was great. Um, I completely agree with you. <clears throat> and to your point, someone on on Lisa Wilding Brown's um, LinkedIn commented that we've never traditionally had a place to kind of collaborate until recently with SampleCon. And there's a lot of shout outs to SampleCon, um, which is very collaborative. Um, not as collaborative as we need to be, obviously. But I still, kind of to your point, I feel I still feel like there's a little bit of blame game going on, and I want to be a little bit careful because this isn't directed at anybody in particular. I see this happen all the time that people that buy a sample are always planning about poor quality sample. People that sell sample are saying that you know we're doing all of these things, and it's partially because of poor screeners and poor questionnaires, and they're not mobile friendly. And I think to your point is we're not, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the blame game. Um, I love Lisa Wilder Brown's passion for defending the sample industry. Absolutely. Um, but we all obviously play a part in this. I mean, we know that some sample is really bad quality. It happens all the time. Um, recently I had a story, a, a study in India that we're having to throw out a lot of data. And this is a great partner. They're Indian based. They have great quality measures. We've never had problems with them before. I mean, sometimes it just happens. It's a great screener. It's a great questionnaire. Sometimes it just happens. And that's not to say it's client's fault or sample's fault, but we need to work together to push solutions. And I I did a soapbox rant as well, Jason. I'm not sure if you have anything to respond to, but I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. So, yeah, I couldn't agree more. The, the, the poor quality is, it's not going to go away by itself, right? And I, I, collaboration is, is an absolute necessity. End clients or brands have to be working with vendors, you know, buyers, suppliers, 
whatever you, you know, call any, anything, everybody, you know, what, what you will, at the end of the day, we all have to be working together to find a common ground or common ground and a common solution or strategic solution that's, that's going to push the industry and all of these initiatives in the right direction. So I'm, I'm right there in the same boat with you. Yeah. I, I want to close this topic off. I will say, I love Lisa opening the conversation. Ron Sellers got invited to the conversation. Um, he was put in a tough situation, the gray matter um, person. But uh, we need more of that. And people, I think, need to be more open to exposing some challenges, I think. So we'll just we'll just close it off there. We know I have SampleCon coming soon. And I'm sure there'll be a lot more discussion about this topic. Cool. All right. Let's move on to some market research news. First up, Innovate MR has launched a new service called Vision Suite. Uh, in it, it has three programs, Vision Surveys, which is a survey programming tool, Vision Sample for their survey creation and management, and Vision Quality, which focuses on data analytics and text analytics. They also have incorporated digital fingerprinting, GeoIP validation, and mobile and address verification are all included. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, this is um, this is interesting. I mean, it's really going to be um, – we should have had Lisa Wilding brown on from Innovate or someone. Um, big news from them. They're combining programming, sample, and data quality in one platform. Um, love to hear about it. Um, we work with them really closely. They're a good partner of ours. They have been for a long time. And so looking forward to see what happens with that. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same page there, Brian. There's just like like the details around it. I mean, I know we've got how all these things are going to play together, but I'm interested in uh, seeing how it kind of all, all unfolds and and really the differentiation pieces because it's it's becoming a pretty competitive space in general, right? With that that kind of um, that that you know kind of type of offering, I guess. So, um, like you said, great partner, um, always doing innovative things. No pun intended. But um, looking forward to how it uh, how it plays out. Yeah. Um, our next one is more of just a play on our names that are missing vowels, which um, Vignesh sent in. The name Viper. And not really a story. He just sent this to us because we've always talked about those. Brian, I know not only do they missing an E, but they spell Viper with a Y. I'm sure this annoys you. Yeah, I saw this on the rundown. I'm like, oh, boy, this is Vignesh that's doing. All right, thanks for the con contribution, Vignesh. Um, yeah, the why, I'm the, I don't get the why, the lack of an E. Um, too cute, but, you know, that's just my opinion. They're probably doing great things, but we should we should probably have Richard Thornton on um, to talk about Viper. Yeah, the um, again, here, I, I'm kind of intrigued to learn more. I <laughs> The spelling is, I think, I think we're just becoming more efficient. We're becoming less patient as a society. So let's shorten all these words as much as possible. I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to jump on this bandwagon and just start spelling my name J S O N. <laughs> but um, I love, I do like the, the you know, cloud-based kind of data validation platform, you know, for, <laughs> right. For, for the manufacturers and retailers kind of get quick, quick feedback, um, I like that it's inclusive of like pricing, packaging, and concept testing. It's kind of all in one area. Um, I, obviously, it's one thing's for sure. They've got plenty of funding to play with after, you know, I think it was a 2.5 million pound investment was made. So no uh, no short of a funding behind it. I'm, I'm looking forward to see how it, uh, how it evolves. All right. Our next story is Imperium has launched an automated respondent score 
called Quality Score, designed to improve data quality while reducing reliance on manual checks. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, Imperium, um, you know, we talked a lot about on how this is kind of an arms race in data quality, and Imperium is really the They've been around for a long time and they're digging in and making some progress and they're innovative. So I'm happy to, I'm really happy to see this honestly, because, you know, the market research has always had a good relationship with Imperium. And um, so they're doing lots of things. You know, the press release was pretty powerful. So excited to see what happened. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Lammy. I'm all for, I think, you know, we're all all for any type of advance advancements, excuse me, made in the, in the, you know, quality or, 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 you know, anti-fraud space, if you will. Um, I do, I, I mentioned this, it's funny, I mentioned this in our executive committee meeting um, earlier today. It's it's tough as I think it's going to be viewed as yet, or could be potentially viewed as yet one more score, if you will, in air quotes, that we have to keep up with as, you know, as an industry or as consumers of, of, of you know, research products in general. I feel like everybody's coming out with a score. And, and and hell, we've got five or six scores that we use internally, right? That <laughs> so it's it's like, you know, at what point does the score kind of lose its meaning or become a little bit watered down? Um, and which score is right? And which score, you know, is it a is it an average of these three or these five scores? So again, I'll, I don't want to diminish anything about you know Imperium. It's it's not their product specifically. I just think our industry and our space is becoming pretty crowded with different numbers and different scores. And I just wonder, you know, what do we make of all? What do we make of all of it? And you know, I, I, again, happy to get behind anything that pushes us in the right direction in this space. But it's definitely getting a little crowded with regard to scores in general. Jason, you took my comments right out of my mouth because when I saw this story, I said I, another one that said quality score. Yeah, that's exactly right. At the end of the game, I want to know did team a or team b win was it 72 to 74 like then we all of a sudden it was 72 to 74 plus 81s involved plus 38s involved plus 62 like okay now we're getting a little bit uh a little bit too creative for our own good all right our next story is ipsos has reported its 2020 results uh for the full year they reported a decline in revenue of about 6.5 percent but on the bright side the organic growth in Q4 was actually up to 1.4%. So it looks like they start they were seeing the comeback like we've all seen kind of hitting in Q4. Uh, yeah, for for Ipsos these results I didn't I don't really have a ton to add. You know, we just did the sample landscape and we we talked about a lot of these different numbers. A lot of different companies had super, you know, tough years. 2020 was a super tough year in general, right? For the industry as a whole. The Q4 bounce back is awesome to see, and I, you know we experienced it even at EMI, like a you know our strongest Q4 in company history. So I, I love to see that. Um, I, again, I think it was pretty. It was likely that this is a common common theme across the industry, and, and you know noticing what they did in Q4 growth, it, it makes perfect sense. Uh, it seems you know we saw quite a bit of pickup there as well. So later latter part of 2020 was certainly much easier to celebrate than, you know, the, the beginning uh, or the middle two quarters, I should say. Right. Uh, I'll, I'd love to just add that I feel like this is not the first time. I think Ipsos typically mentions negative currency effects in their press release as for reasons for 
odd things. I don't understand currency, negative currency effects. So I need to learn more about it. But I, I don't. I think this this is seems to be good news on a tough year. And so I agree with Jason. All right. Um, our next story is Annie Pettit has joined E2E Research, a market intelligence and analytics company, as their chief chief research officer for North America. Yeah. So Annie Pettit, man, it's, it's good to see her back. Um, um, it's, she's still pretty loud on social media and at conferences on her own, but it's really good to see her honestly back at a at a company. And E2E is making some moves um, with a lot of recent hires, as I'm assuming they're trying to really expand in North America. And so obviously she's a huge name, and I expect big things from her. The Annie Pettit will be Annie Pettit, and so expecting big things for E2E. Yeah, Brian, you, um, I think you know Annie well better than I do. I've met her a handful of times over the years, different conferences, different shows, but um, I agree. E2E is definitely um, not only, you know, they've gained a strong voice in the industry with a tremendous amount of experience and, and really industry-wide respect. So, um, and I think if, if I'm not mistaken, didn't JC, I think, recently land at EDE as well? Yes. Yeah, JC's there as well. Friend of the podcast. Yeah, so definitely, definitely in growth and hiring mode, and and that's good to see for the uh, for the for the industry as a whole. Absolutely, you're 100 percent accurate, friend of the podcast. <laughs> All right, our next story is kind of similar to what we talked about with a the new service with Innovate is Disco and Research Results have announced a managed services partnership, giving Research Results clients access to Disco's panel. And research results will support Disco with project design, coding, and data processing. So it sounds like this was the last. This last week was the week about adding full service components. What do you guys think? Yeah, I like this move. It, it, it makes sense. They're very complementary. Um, Disco is one of my favorite panel partners. They have a lot of good people there. I'm a big fan of Armin and a big fan of Bonnie Breslauer. And um, also, Research Results is a very smart company, and so. That partnership or Disco is all about panel quality and sample quality and research results is leveraging what they're really good at and put those two together. I think that's excellent for those two companies in the industry. Yeah, I agree. It was um, I interested in you know seeing how it all plays out again. As I hate to keep saying that or how it evolves, if you will. Just kind of wondered if this is going to become you know a trend. We've seen it a couple different times now where uh, you know kind of buyers and sellers, if you will, or, or, you know, however you want to position that, what the, you know, full service clients kind of partnering up with certain sample companies. Um, just wondering if it's going to become a trend overall. I could really see it picking up and becoming a, a wave of partnerships. If so, I mean, obviously, you know, we have our own opinion on, on kind of single source sampling approach. Uh, but overall, again, interested to see if this type of partnership takes off. Disco, as you mentioned, Brian has proven to be a fantastic partner over the years. And um, you know, high quality, um, excellent. And, you know, at, at, at their, their 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 panels has proven to be excellent from a quality perspective. So, looking to see um, again how it evolves and if it takes off. All right, and in our last story, it looks like we have another new research conference that has popped up. Patrick Comer and some of his friend, some of his business friends down in New Orleans, have started the ResTech conference. Uh, Brian, do you want to give a bit more details on this? Yeah, so Patrick has really done good work. It started at SampleCon last year, where he's really trying to redefine marketing research as it expands. And I want to give 
huge kudos for him for doing that. Um, lots of other industries have cool little terms, um, UX and CX. And, you know, of course, boring marketing research is still sitting here at marketing research. So he did a poll last year at SampleCon and on ResTech One, and he's really been pushing it as, you know, we're not just a sample. We're not just marketing research surveys. We're really insights and we're research tech. And so there was a big conversation we talked about in the podcast about this a couple of weeks ago. And now, I mean, he's moved, he moves quick, man. Two weeks from today, Wednesday, March 24th, there's a big ResTech conference and a lot of big players are going to be speaking. It's completely free. Uh, Protégé's Chuck Davis will be there. Um, a lot of other sample companies will be there. And um, it's part of like, a, I think it's like a entrepreneurship week um, in New Orleans. Um, so cool stuff from Patrick. I'm attending. I would encourage people to attend because, of, you know, with, with him involved, there'll be lots of interesting discussions. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, when I was reading through this, and I actually signed up as well, Lammy, um, there's no argument, right? Like technology is a mainstay in our, in our world, in the research world, in the industry. And there's been a tremendous amount of innovation um, and, and, and really technology-driven advances as on the whole, if you will made um, really over the past, I don't call it eight to 10 years. So um, I, I do find it just a little bit redundant, like obviously with a little, a couple of the other conferences that exist, like, you know, IAEX, MRMW, I feel like they're pretty technology driven as well. And I will say that it was odd during my registration when I selected the industry I worked in, research was not a choice. I find that a little strange, seemed a little off. But nonetheless, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to hearing some of the speakers, um, some of them, obviously, Brian, that you had alluded to, um, and the investor panel roundtable as well. So looking forward to taking part. Um, just, hoping he, just hoping it's not like a platform to make kind of a new, you know, hot button word like ResTech popular, right? <laughs> right. Agree. All right. That looks like that's all of our news for today. We just have a couple of announcements. Uh, first off, if you haven't already, you can get um, our latest sample landscape report. It launched a couple weeks ago. A link will be in the show notes. Um, it's a hundred and some odd pages of really good insights. We're actually also holding a webinar on March 17th at two o'clock. We're going to be highlighting some of our key findings from the report as well. Um, a link to that registration you can also find in the show notes. Brian, Jason, anything else I missed? No, that's all. Good job. Thank you. Wade, I'll hop in because this is probably why you wanted me to bring me on, right? The sample landscape announcement. You're waiting for me to get on my soapbox, looking for another plug for our sample landscape report. You guys aren't going to get it. Not today. I'm not going to fall for it. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm actually thrilled with how it turned out. I read through it for, I think, the third or fourth time this morning again. Um, I'm thrilled with all the feedback we've received. Uh, we'll give Mike Carroll a quick shout out. Um, I'm thrilled with the amount of energy it's harnessed, uh, not only with the team internally, um, you know, but, but externally as well. And I couldn't be happier with the amount of buzz it's brought, um, not only our existing clients, but the conversations it's led to with you know, countless folks that we've never worked with. So as I mentioned before, this report alone really is a give back to the industry. And I love that we do it. Super proud of it. Um, despite maybe the, the, the minuscule amount of contribution that I had in creating it, I, uh, I look at it, I, I treat it like a child. I, I love it. I, I, I promote it as much as possible. And, and I really do think it's, um, 
it's 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 a big it's a big initiative to take on, and I appreciate the, uh, the the amount of work that you guys put into it. I agree with Jason. Good job, thank you. All right then, uh, thanks everybody for listening, and we will see you again next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.